Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashitino. And today, um, first, I do want to give a uh, an apology. Um, last week uh, was very, very busy for me, and I could not find the time to put out an episode. And I know, I know, uh, the demand is there. Why didn't you do this? Our entire week was ruined, ruined because you didn't put out the episode. I get you. But here's the thing. I can't put out something that's not um, of quality. Like, could I have put out a quick 20-minute episode? Of course. But it wouldn't have been a quality because I was doing 800 things. Instead, I wanted to save it and put something out uh, for you, my loyal listeners, that you could actually relate to. So today I'm going to talk about something <clears throat> that I think a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people are, are really caught up about. And that's what's going on with Iran. So this is the time to cue all of the World War Three memes, all of the, you know, I'm going to get deported because of World War Three. World War Three. I'm getting drafted, World War Three. Iran, World War Three. blah, 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 blah. So I wanted to talk about this, but I wanted to talk about it in the context of what we're being told, what we're not being told, what you should know. And my students already know all of this, hopefully, if they've been paying any bit of attention. But to be honest, I think most of them have, because when it comes to something like this, this is where they pay attention. When we're talking about things like, you know, uh, Jeffersonian democracy, they're just, you know, they're, they're dreaming about, uh, you know, what's going on in, in their, you know, Fortnite world. But when we're talking about Iran, everyone's, you know, got their ears to the uh, railroad track. So anyway... Let me start out by saying the following. Uh, I'm going to be very explicit about this. There is no World War III, okay? And I mean that with all sincerity. There is no World War III. Um, to talk about World War III is to put it into the context of World War I and World War II. And again, those who have taken my US-2 classes would know. When we talk about World War I and World War II, we're talking about, I mean, first of all, and this is for the history, uh, the history nerds, and I love all of you who are listening to this. Will know World War One was not the first actual world war. There were other wars. Um, that a Seven Years' War, which took place on multiple continents. There were many wars in the past that took place around the world, but World War One, because it was so large. It was called the Great War, and because it involved all of the major powers of Europe at the time, uh, and then the United States. But let's talk about this. So World War I was a massive war, tens of million dead. Uh, wars, uh, the war was fought throughout Europe, in the Far East, in Africa. World War II, even more so. Um, because Japan was a major power. So the Pacific theater became even more important and relevant, but also, again, all the major powers of Europe. As I often like to say, World War I and World War II are really two, <clears throat> they're two acts of the same play. The characters are the same, there's a little bit of shifting, but the bottom line is that the goals, the objectives, the, the people involved are pretty much the same. So it's two acts of the same play. It finally gets resolved in 1945 with the complete and total 
uh, destruction of the German military. But now we talk World War III. Well, what, what, what is World War III? What do we mean World War III? World War III between whom? The U.S. and Iran? Uh, you've got to be kidding me. If you know anything about it, you know that, first of all, Iran is not a major global power. Now, I'm not saying that they don't have a powerful military. Iranians listening to this right now, which hopefully there will be some, I'm not saying that you don't have a major, you don't have a military power. But we're not talking about, I mean, nobody's talking about a massive war breaking out for a few reasons. Number one, if there was a war between the United States and Iran, which, again, not going to happen most likely, with the current president, anything is possible, but I would say most likely, nothing's going to happen. If there were a war, though, it would be a regional conflict. Those of you who are old enough to remember uh, the few wars that the United States fought with Iraq, <clears throat> it was a regional conflict. Most wars are regional conflicts. They're wars between different countries in order to try and establish uh, what we call hegemony, in order to become the big boys of the neighborhood. Um, there are very few countries in the world right now that can actually lay claim to being a global power. So obviously the United States, one of them, um, the major one. I would argue the other countries that could lay claim to this are, uh, number two, the United Kingdom. And I say that because they have tremendous influence in many of the countries that were, that were and are still formerly members of uh, the Commonwealth. Um, the French, because they still have tremendous influence in Africa. I would then go as far as to say Russia... Here's one of the things that I have to correct people about all the time. Russia's military capabilities are nothing like they were during the Soviet Union era. Okay, The only thing the Russians have left are the uh, reserves of nuclear weapons, ICBMs, which they're not going to use because they're not that stupid. Um, nobody over in Russia, and this goes down from... President Putin right on down. Nobody's launching missiles, okay? Nobody's doing that. Russia has a limited military capability. Their army is a shadow of what it once was um, in, in the limited areas that they've had. I mean, yeah, they, they took Crimea against Ukraine, you know, but uh, I think the Ukrainians could have fought back. I mean, you know, the United States made sure that that didn't happen, but be that as it may, we've got, you know, the, the Russians, the Chinese, again, for all of their p potential, I mean, they can't even influence their own uh, power over Taiwan. This is not to try and say, China, you should be doing that. So if you are President Xi right now and you're listening to me, which is a possibility, I'm sure, my podcast gets listened to on multiple continents, do not invade Taiwan just to show that you're bosses, okay? Just just accept that you're a major power in the world. But China is not a global power on a military sense. Economically, yes, because honestly, let's be let's be frank. Anything you buy, it's made in China, okay? Uh for the most part. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, actually I am because of what's going on with the Muslims 
with the Uyghurs in China. The Uyghurs are a, a Muslim ethnic group in China who are being absolutely slaughtered. Um, they're being jailed in concentration camps. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff on TikTok by individuals uh, trying to to draw attention to this, and I allowed them. I, I say that, that good on you. Keep bringing it up because what the, the Chinese are doing and their efforts to create a perfect society is uh, terrible. But, I mean, that's really it. I mean, India has no interest. Economically, they are growing, but they, they're not trying to take over the world. And who else do you have? You have nobody. You're going to look at economies. What do you have? You have Brazil. And the Brazilians are very happy doing their own thing. They're not looking to take over anyone. It's silly. So, um, and then you get to the money involved. So the United States military budget is larger than the next 12 countries put together. We put almost $700 billion a year into our military budget. Um, nobody is beating us, okay, uh, without question, in an all-out war. Now, in a war that is something where it's a, a guerrilla war, asymmetrical, which means that they're not fighting toe-to-toe, yes, we can be beat. There's no question about that. The Vietnamese showed that, uh, you know, uh, to the max, where it's an issue of, listen, we don't need to, you know, go toe-to-toe. We just keep fighting, and then the outlasting, and we're looking at that in the Middle East. The question is, what are we going to do? But many of my students have been like, listen, are we going to be at war with Iran? Uh, again, I don't believe we will. Now, and the reasons are because of the following. The Iranian regime is at a a real crossroads. And the downing of this Ukrainian plane, it's just ironic that the Ukraine gets drawn into this off the bat. The Iranian regime is being looked at, and many people are asking questions about it in Iran. They're protesting. There was an event a few years ago, the Green Revolution, where many... Uh, Iranians protest against their government. It was put down violently by the Iranian government uh, to their shame because, you know what, at the end of the day, (coughs) if you've got people rebelling in your country, it's probably a sign something's wrong with your country. You know, as I I always like to say about the United States, um, and, and believe me, I'm one of the biggest critics of the United States, And I say that with pleasure because I am a happy, proud American. And I feel that I have that right to criticize my country uh, whenever I want to and to call it out. I think that that's a good thing. You know, when you're not going to call out your own country for the problems that it endures, you're doing a disservice. Okay, You're doing a disservice. But I always like to say that. I always like to say I I, I criticize uh, the country. But one of the things I always say about the United States is the following. There are no walls keeping people from leaving. Unfortunately, there are people who are trying to put up walls to keep people from coming into the country. Even though immigrants have been the lifeblood of this country since its inception. 
immigrants have always been one of the major forces for good, for progress, for all sorts of positive things in this country. But now apparently people, they, they don't want that. Okay, they don't, they don't want more immigrants. But my point is, nobody's stopping you from leaving the country. Whenever you have a country that is stopping people from leaving, that's an excellent sign that something's not right with that country. Because if people really like the country, well, why would they be trying to leave? Why would they be trying to escape? And I've said this before, uh, despite my leanings, I've said this about Iran. I've said this about the former Soviet Union. I said this about Cuba, okay? If you really have a great country, people should be wanting to move to the country. If people are trying to move away from the country, out of the country, that's, that's a sign that everything's not going right with you. And you should take that. But we're moving on right now from my main point, which is with Iran. So one of the things people don't understand is the history of Iran. First of all, Iranian Persian history goes back uh, 3,000 years at least. And I know everyone likes to talk the 300, you know, which, which has been played. And um, no offense to my, my Greek listeners. Uh, but yes, Persia did overstep a little bit on that one. You fought him out, things happened. But the bottom line is that Persian culture, Iranian culture, goes back for a, a few millennia. Now, in 1979, and, and this is where I go into history teacher mode, in 1979, there was a revolution in Iran, a revolution against the Shah, um, and the end result was that the Shah ended up having to flee the country. And a new government took place. Now, many of the people who supported the revolution were actually secular. This is something that has fallen by the wayside. But the only thing that really mattered was that the person who ended up taking power was the Ayatollah Khomeini. He ended up taking power and turning Iran into the Islamic Republic a Shia Republic, which was trying to expand the concept of Islamic revolution throughout the Middle East. This is a problem in many Muslim countries for a couple of reasons. Number one, in any countries, and I apologize right now, I apologize for those of you who are not really that privy to, um, you know, uh, Islamic um, the, the understanding of like Shia, Sunni, whatnot. But I'm going to go on anyway here. So they were preaching um, the expansion of an Islamic revolution. Now, many of these Muslim-run uh, countries in the Middle East did not want that, and they fought against it very hard. The United States did not want it. And they didn't want it because if people started understanding that you know Islam could bring relief, then there would be a major problem because individuals throughout the Middle East would rebel, and this would go against everything we've been trying to build in the Middle East by supporting these dictatorships throughout the generations, okay? So, um, we, the United States, supported Iraq in a war against Iran, which took place throughout the uh, 
the 1980s. Um, and then we turned our back on Iraq and, you know, we, we launched Operation uh, Desert Shield and then Desert Storm in the early 90s to take care of Iraq to make sure that Saddam Hussein did not get too powerful in the region. But in Iran, you have to understand this is a, a, a Shia government and they see themselves as defending the tradition. And this is very important because they have been a major power in the region for years, and they have defended Shias throughout the region. And Shias don't just exist in Iran, okay? They exist in Iraq, majority of the people. They exist in Syria. They exist in Lebanon. Shias are all over, okay? And Iran has been the kind of, uh, you know, father to a lot of these Shia movements. And they've done that because Shias in many countries have been horribly discriminated against, okay? As they have been since the time of Hussein and, and since the time of, of, you know, Shiism and Ali and all of the other stuff, which, uh, you know, go read your history. Go look up Islamic history, okay? Um, I, don't, I don't have the time to really go into all of it. I mean, I could. That would be a completely different podcast right here. But the bottom line is that <clears throat> nobody's going to war. There is no draft. The United States is not at a draft uh, since the 1970s. We don't, and we're not going to in the future. Okay? Anyone that wants to, oh, well, you know, but the selective service is, uh, you know, that's a draft. No. No, it's not. That's a, a, a collection of people's names, but... The draft is literally saying, okay, the following people have to be part of the military. Until you've got people that are being forced to be part of the military, don't talk to me about a draft. All right? Right now, we have an all-volunteer military. Anyone in the military is there because they want to be there. There is no forced military service in the United States. There's not going to be any forced military service in the United States. There's not going to be because we realized by the 1970s that overwhelmingly when you force people to serve, they really don't want to do it. And would you want to be in a foxhole? If you were serving and you were like, yeah, I want to serve the military and you were in a foxhole with someone who was forced to be there, would you want to be there with them? No, you wouldn't. You want to be there with someone who wants to be there with you. Okay? I mean, it's, it's no different than anything else in life. When you're forcing someone to do something, uh, it, it's, it's not the same as when someone really wants to do something. Um, and that's why we don't have uh, a draft. That's why we don't have this forced military service. So there is no draft, and there's not going to be a World War III. What's going to happen? Well, I'm going to end my podcast talking about this. First of all, the Iranians... They do want to show that they have some power. So you will see some efforts carried out by them against the United States because they have to play for the home crowd, okay? They have to show, the government Iran has to show that it actually can strike back. But the reality is that they don't want to do too much because let's say they were to go and blow up a bunch of American bases and kill a bunch of American soldiers. The United States, especially under the current administration, would retaliate with overwhelming force, okay? It does them no good. 
they don't want this. They want this to go away. Yes, the United States did kill one of their top guys, which, for the record, the United States uh, administration has refused to divulge where they were getting this information from, what they were going to do. And we killed a guy because why not? Let's just assassinate people because what possible negative effects could that have in the future? So the bottom line is that at this point, there is a chance to pull back from the brink. I know that right now the Iranian people are protesting in the streets. They're protesting that the government should change. To what extent, I don't know. That's up to them. That's, that's their business. It's not my business because I'm not Iranian, okay? I could just look at this and say, well, they're doing it. But the reality is that what you're facing right now is you're facing a chance in the Middle East to really, really have a moment where, you know, we're not the bad guys if we just pull back. Just pull back a little bit. Iran's not going to do anything. All this talk about Iran getting a nuclear weapon, the reason they're trying to get a nuclear weapon is because we've made it very clear throughout the last 20 years that we will respect people that have nuclear weapons, and if they don't have nuclear weapons, we will try and screw them over. So then why wouldn't you blame them for trying to get nuclear weapons? I mean, this is, this is a problem of our own creation. You know, this is the issue. And I know those of you who are coming in, especially my Jewish followers that are, you know, my pro-Israel people, will say, well, we're never going to tolerate that. They're not going to do anything, okay? Because in every study that's ever been carried out about a potential Israeli versus Iranian conflict, um, Tehran is in a bowl. So any nuclear strikes on Tehran, the radiation is just going to sit there. I think it was uh, 10 years ago or so. I'll have to look it up and I'll I'll try and get back to you guys. They did a study about uh, Israel versus Iran in a conflict. And they were like, yeah, Iran would launch a couple of nukes. And, you know, possibly if they had a few, which they don't. And it would hit Israel and cause maybe 500,000 casualties. Not diminishing that. Israel's counterattack would result in something like 10 to 12 million casualties and the cessation of Iran as a viable country. They're not going to do that. They don't want to end things as much as all of this BS about, you know, a, a jihad and, you know, which is not even really something they've talked about. But all of this talk about what they're going to do, you know, they say things because they want to seem powerful in front of their people. The reality is that they're not going to actually do it. They don't want their country to disappear. They don't want to provoke the United States. They don't want to provoke any other country to come after them. And that's really what I want to get to at the end of the day. When I talk to you, my beloved listeners, there's not going to be a World War III. Have fun with your memes on TikTok and on Instagram and everywhere else. Enjoy it. It's funny. Some of them are hilarious, okay? But it's not going to happen, and it's not going to happen because at the end of the day, nobody wants to disappear as a people. No one wants their regime to disappear. And with the United States right now, despite the administration, I don't feel anything's going to happen because no one else wants things to happen. And if you do something, you're going to become a pariah state. And 
maybe certain people might want that. There are people that want the end of days to come, you know, the second coming, like Mike Pompeo. He wants, you know, the rapture and everything. But overwhelmingly, people do not want this to happen. And saner minds have almost always prevailed in history. And yes, there's the possibility that they might not prevail this time. But that's like arguing to me, um, you know, I'm flying to London uh, in uh, in the spring of 2020. That's like trying to make the argument to me that, well, you know, the plane could crash. Sure, it could crash. There's always that possibility. But the reality is, I'm going to take my chances anyway, because if history's shown us anything, it's that it's still the safest method of travel that's out there. And that's the same with what's going on uh, between the United States and Iran. Is there the possibility that there could break out a war? There always is. But I'm going to place my bets on the fact that the administration is not going to go that way, that they don't want to provoke this, that even though some members might, overwhelmingly, the majority will not. So my message to you out there, my loyal listeners, is this. Do not worry about World War III. It's not going to happen. Don't get yourself worked up about it. Have faith in the fact that this is something that comes about every now and then, but it's not going to go through. We are not going to have a World War III. We're not going to have any kind of an apocalypse, and there's not going to be any draft. Anyone who has any issues with that, please do feel free to uh, text me, um, you know, uh, send any comments over. I am on TikTok right now putting stuff up there because it's fun and uh, I'm getting my history message out there. So I am the mad historian, three separate words, and also Acheron21, A-C-H-E-R-O-N-2-1. That's what I'm doing on uh, on TikTok. Um Follow me around, find out what's going on. In any case, I will continue to post things up. I hope you all have an excellent week, and I will be, I'm back on for next week. So we will talk to you then. Bye bye.